Remember Harry Potter, remember Hogwarts, remember all those houses into which we all are sorted. Harry and Draco, Hermione and Ron, Dumbledore and Snape, Hagrid and McGonagall, we're gonna remember. Hey there, and welcome to Remember Harry Potter, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Harry Potter series. On Remember Harry Potter, we talk about all things openly, especially the relationships and everything that goes along with them. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can. So if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we We are are not spoiler free. He was standing at the end of a very long, dimly lit chamber. Towering stone pillars entwined with more carved serpents rose to support a ceiling lost in darkness, casting long black shadows through the odd greenish gloom that filled the place. His heart beating very fast, Harry stood listening to the chill silence. Could the basilisk be lurking in a shadowy corner behind a pillar? And where was Ginny? He pulled out his wand and moved forward between the serpentine columns. Every careful footstep echoed loudly off the shadowy walls. He kept his eyes narrowed, ready to clamp them shut at the smallest sign of movement. The hollow eye sockets of the stone snakes seemed to be following him. More than once, with a jolt of his stomach, he thought he saw one stir. Then, as he drew level with the last pair of pillars, a statue, high as the chamber itself, loomed into view, standing against the back wall. Harry had to crane his neck to look up into the giant face above. It was ancient and monkeyish, with a long, thin beard that fell almost to the bottom of the wizard's sweeping stone robes, where two enormous gray feet stood on the smooth chamber floor. And between the feet, face down, lay a small, black-robed figure with flaming red hair. Well, hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. This is Marin. This is Emily. And this is Remember Remember Harry Potter. Potter. And on this episode of Remember Harry Potter, we are on the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. Not to do this again. (laughs) Do it again. I'm looking at the chapter art. It's the diary, it's the fang, it's the ink spilling out. There's also some feathers here. Feather means male basilisk. Am I right? Am I right? Oh, I wasn't even considering the black basilisk plume. Ooh. Is I this... was thinking fox. Oh yeah. Um, but those those tail feathers are <laughs> worth a lot. Yeah. You know, he doesn't just sprinkle Mm-mm. them here or there. Nope. Or are they chicken feathers? Leftover mm-hmm. chicken feathers. Leftover. That Ginny still they had were in her pockets. Attached to her. <laughs> the 
these are the secrets of the chapter. Madame Grand Dupree, whatever her name is. Yes. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's very confusing. Those look like seagull feathers, to be honest. Uh, yeah, they're like definitely craft feathers. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Jenny was also working on an art project. Uh, well, what happened when last we left? Oh, um, Wealthy Wynn found a note in Hermione's hand and they figured everything out. And then they accidentally found out that Ginny was taken in the chamber. So they're like, we got to lock heart up and get to work. Not going to try, going to try not to focus on the fact that they didn't immediately go to the grownups. They just decided to take all of this onto themselves. I mean, they did try, but then they heard that Ginny was dead and they're like, well, we can't talk to McGonagall now. And then they went and got Gilderoy, but he's like not an adult. <laughs> he's truly not. So Harry has gotten to the wall and it has opened up. And what Harry sees when he goes through this door is a huge, dark chamber of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you that Salazar Slytherin was ostentatious... This place was enormous. It has tall pillars. There are carved snakes everywhere. There's even a greenish gloom. Right? Is that a spell he put on there? It has to be. The greenish uh, gloom smell how do you, spell? How else? There are miles underneath the castle and there's just a greenish gloom. He did that. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was like, this is going to be awesome. It's got to be a great entrance <laughs> greenish gloom he didn't miss any chance to be creepy harry pulls out his wand and i i'm i'm not i'm gonna try also not to say this a million times harry is brave as fuck okay because he he just walks in he walks in and he finds Ginny at the bottom of this <laughs> statue I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the statue in a sec his eyes narrowed in case he sees the basilisk but instead he's like this huge statue and I think it's supposed to be Slytherin pretty sure I don't know but it's a wizard monkey thing with a long gray beard a gray beard that goes almost to his feet to that his is feet very long I will say this is my first time remembering that this is like a full body statue and I think I do prefer the movie just the head yeah. statue yeah uh this is the statue right yeah. Emily's, for those of you watching, Emily's got this really, really, it's one of my favorite pieces of art about this. It's like kind of a poster of the Chamber of Secrets. And it has a picture of the statue, which just has like white eyes and an open mouth and just beard. Big beard. Everywhere. Yeah. Which I, I like that much more than monkeyish, tall, long gray beard to the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows what Slytherin looked like? Maybe he was monkeyish. Maybe. Why does it have to be monkeyish? No one knows. Okay. Did he carve it himself? I think he did. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna move on from the monkeyish just because I, I I never will stop unless I just stop. <laughs> so Harry runs over to Ginny and get this everyone. Listen to what he does when he gets there to Ginny. He takes his wand. And does he cast a spell? Does he do something brave? No, he flings it to the side. <laughs> he flings his wand to the side. A mere two paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, we're not even all off of the first page, okay? He is begging Ginny not to be dead, but she's cold, white, and very unconscious. 
And then suddenly someone behind him says, she won't wake. Harry jumps and he turns around to see a blurry, misty ghost type person who he recognizes uh, as Tom Riddle from the time that he spent in the diary memory. Uh, Riddle is like, she is still just barely alive. And then Harry just kind of stares at him like, what the? Are you a ghost? You're so old, but here you are, very young. Because he, he just like can't conceptualize what's happening here. This isn't a memory. He's here. He's actually here. He didn't go in to the journal, but here's Tom. So is he a ghost? Is this the ghost of Tom? Is this, what is this? He doesn't know what's going on. And Riddle's like, uh, I, I can't help but talk uh, in like the Voldemort voice. <laughs> I am a memory preserved in a diary for 50 years. And he points at the diary and uh, that's the diary where Harry found him in. And it's just laying there. And Harry takes one second to wonder about it because Ginny is almost dead. And he asks Tom for help. He still trusts Tom. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, you got to help me. There's a basilisk. And then he goes to grab his wand that he flung away earlier. <laughs> but Riddle Memory Ghost is holding it now. And Harry still doesn't get it. So he asks Tom for his wand in case he needs it. But Tom is like, the basilisk won't come unless it's called. And also, you won't be needing your wand. And Harry's brain, just at this moment, it, it's too much. His brain shuts off. Turns off. The end. No more brain in Harry's head. He, uh, he refuses at this point to understand what's going on. <laughs> so Tom just kind of explains to him that he's been waiting a long time to meet Harry. And he's been listening to Ginny write in his diary all year about her diary-worthy problems. One problem being that she didn't think Harry Potter would ever like her. The whole time he's just creepily staring at Harry with a hungry look. And he explains how patient he was with Ginny, writing back to her and all how she fully trusted and loved Tom for being there for her. And the more she trusted him, the more powerful and manipulative he became. You know, he's sharing his secrets back with her and pouring his soul back into her. Ew. This is just so gross. What secrets of his do you think he told back to her? I don't want to know because he's like 17 and she's 12. And she's like, I'm having problems with the boy that I like. And he's like, I'm having problems figuring out what to do with my soul. Like, what <laughs> is going on? <laughs> like, I'm an orphan and nobody loves me. I don't. It's really gross. In my mind, it was more a very Potter musical <laughs> um, Draco problems where he's like <laughs> talking about his, um, what is it called? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I his, could remember. Oh, his potty training. He doesn't need to wear his diaper anymore. And he wrote a letter to his friend who's going to be so proud of him. Oh, my gosh. So I think Harry's like, something turns back on when Tom's like, I was pouring my soul back into her. And Harry's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and Tom's like, yeah, all the bad things this year, Ginny. She opened the chamber. She killed the roosters. She wrote the messages and she set the serpent on the victims. And all Harry can manage is 
no. But yes. And she had no idea she was doing it. Her diary entries became terrified and panicked. And I'm using the annoying Tom Riddle voice because he's just so pretentious. He's such a jerk. She started to figure out that it might be her doing the attacks somehow. And finally, Harry gets it. And finally, Harry is pissed. Tom goes on. A lot of this is Tom monologuing. He he does a lot of, I'm going to tell you my whole story. So he's like, I'm going to pour my, pour my soul into you, Harry, now that you're here. He just wants somebody to listen to him, you know? He never had a friend. It's his fault, though. So he, he, he goes on all about how Jeannie started to figure out that it was her and it was all about the diary. So she took the diary and she chucked it. But when Harry, the very person that Tom wanted to meet, then picked it up, he was like so happy about it. So Harry asks like, why did you want to meet me so badly? (laughs) Why are you so obsessed with me? Right. Right. Well, I just love the idea that the only information that memory tom riddle has is harry's history as told by jenny weasley (laughs) and that was enough to convince him that like i gotta meet this guy was it jenny's scrawling and she's like he's so cute and also he defeated voldemort when he was a baby (laughs) i was like hold on who tell me more she's like "Um, i mean i don't know the details but like he has a scar on his she forehead. She doesn't know any And detail. it's really hot and it sometimes pokes out from under his bangs. <laughs> when he wears his hair the right way <laughs> and it just curls right over. And, and Tom is like, oh, stop. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. You're so right. That's so funny. <laughs> So Harry's like, I don't understand why you wanted to meet me so badly. That's weird. And Tom's like, okay, Ginny told me everything about you, your whole history. And then it, he, he stops to, again, hungrily stare at Harry's scar. And he knew he needed to gain his trust. So he, when he found him, when it was Harry, he was like, I, I got to get this kid to trust me. I'm going to show him the Hagrid memory. And Harry's like, you framed Hagrid. He's like, yeah, of course I did. It was my word against his. And who would believe Hagrid when you have me, right? And Tom's like, I was even surprised that it worked. I mean, how could Hagrid have been the heir? Um, Tom had apparently spent the entire five years he'd been at Hogwarts figuring out how to get in the chamber and kill people. That's what he says. He said that ever since he got to Hogwarts, he spent the whole time trying to figure out how to get into the chamber to kill people. This is some evil, wacky shit. How did he even know about it? Nobody knew about it. Did Slughorn tell him? How? I just don't know how Tom knew about the chamber. It makes no sense. That is really interesting. Because none of the teachers would tell any of the kids about it. But maybe it's because somebody accidentally told Tom and he opened it. I don't know. Or maybe it used to be in like a book of Hogwarts myths and legends or something and he's like yeah just got so intrigued that he yeah maybe he tricked Bins into telling him too maybe I don't know and the only one who thought Hagrid was innocent and Tom might be bad was you guessed it Dumbledore and since Dumbledore suspected him Tom didn't want to have all his hard work go to waste so he left behind the diary with his preserved 16-year-old self inside of it, hoping that someday he could use someone else to fulfill Slytherin's quote-unquote noble work. 
I like how just casually he says this as if he didn't kill someone and split part of his soul. That's what I was just going to say. He's like, I cannot tell this 13 year old that I killed somebody. I killed somebody to put my 16 year old self in the diary. That would be too much. <laughs> like, I'll just go almost there. You know, it would be really fascinating, though, is every time you create a Horcrux, it is like it does leave behind your memory at that age. Mm-hmm. So as like Harry discovers more Horcruxes, he's like meeting Tom Riddle progressively throughout his life. That would have been really cool. I think that's a big missed opportunity. Oh my gosh. The the cup riddle. Wait, which was the which was the riddle that showed Harry the the vision of of Ron and Hermione? The locket. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's a that's like majorly fucked up like mad Voldemort mm-hmm. part like oh my gosh you're so right he does get like weirder and more angry throughout the years so yeah we could have seen him at different stages let's do it right. somebody write that <laughs> I say let's and then I give it to somebody else immediately fanfic idea <laughs> uh, so He's like, I'm going to fulfill Slytherin's noble work. And Harry's like, well, well, too bad. You didn't do it. No one died. Not even the cat. And (laughs) also, the mandrakes are ready to be made into medicine. So everyone is fine. And Riddle's like, I don't care about killing mudbloods anymore. I only want you, Harry. (laughs) And Harry's like, uh. (laughs) So Tom is like, okay. I was really angry when Ginny stole the diary. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Ginny stole the diary back from you and started writing in it again. So I told her to write her own farewell message and go down to the chamber. And she cried and got super boring and out about not wanting her friend to die. But eventually she did it anyways. And all the energy she put into the diary eventually drained her of all her life. There's so many things about this that I'm like, this feels like a lot of stuff for this book that is never talked about again. Somehow he put a spell on this diary that the more a person writes into it, the more their own soul is sucked into it and given to Tom so that he can come out of it. We never talk about this again as a Horcrux like side effect. And maybe it's just this specific Horcrux was so cool because it was a journal and it was his first one. So he split his soul in two. And you know that when you make like a clone of a clone of a clone, they get weaker every time. Right. So it's like because this Horcrux is so powerful, it is able to do that. Or it's an extra spell that he put on it. Maybe later in his life, he found it and put it on it. I don't know. But it seems like incredibly powerful, too powerful. Yeah, no, this magic definitely is more interesting than the rest of the Horcruxes. It's just like he's in there, but and he makes you feel like crap if you're like around it for too long, but you just have to destroy it and that's it. It'd be so much more interesting if all of them functioned this way, where like the ring, the more you wear it, the more this soul exchange happens because yeah I don't feel like there's any other soul exchanges yeah because like (laughs) the idea of him doing this over and over to create potential alternate versions of himself Mm -hmm. at different stages in his life 
like had this worked out the way it was supposed to, he would have become fully corporeal and it would have been a 16 year old. Absolutely. Voldemort walking around. And he could have learned all his mistakes and not made them again. And then there would have been two Voldemorts. Like, yeah. And it's like, it's just like that thing repeated seven more times. There could have been seven different versions of himself. Yeah, right. It's really cool. That exists, but. And it's never mentioned again. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, that one time that Ginny got. He, he, like possessed know. and uh-huh. almost died. Oh, she's fine now. She's a little traumatized, so she has to be with Harry. But right, like an, another Voldemort almost came back. But <laughs> like, but is... at least Harry stabbed the book, so it's fine. It's like it is so big time. It's such scary magic. I mean, it almost literally killed Ginny Weasley at the age of twelve. Yeah, to get a soul. It's so scary. Ah! I don't like it. Um, it's one of those things that I never thought about before. And now I'm like, I'm never going to stop thinking about this. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the diary eventually drained, was going to drain her, her of all her life and then make it so that Tom could leave the diary and hang out there until Harry showed up. Yes. I just had an idea, but okay. I'll save it for our bonus okay. episode because okay. I like it a lot. Uh, tune in for the bonus ode. <laughs> so Tom has a lot of questions for Harry. <laughs> Like most importantly, how right. did it, how did a dumb scrawny little idiot <laughs> defeat the coolest wizard ever to live? And Harry's like, "What? Why do you care? Voldemort came along way after you." And Tom is like, "No, Voldemort is me." And then he takes Harry's wand that he's still holding, and he like does this cool spell where he writes his name in the air, Tom, <laughs> Marvolo, Riddle, and then he scrambles all the letters up. Uh, in this like little immature silly thing and it reads I am Lord Voldemort which is like what kind of an anagram does your name make did you figure it out nothing cool but I certainly remember trying uh, (laughs) when I watched this movie (laughs) definitely I'm really glad and he's like cool huh all my friends already were calling me that at school uh (laughs) I wasn't going to be the most powerful wizard to ever live if I had my stupid muggle dad's name (laughs) who wouldn't say stay with my mom because she was a witch name. I had to make up a new scary name for when I was going to be the greatest sorcerer in the world. And Harry's like, no, I thought we had things in common. (laughs) And finally he goes, I'll just say it again. He's super brave. He goes, you're not the greatest sorcerer. Dumbledore is. Everyone thinks so. And even you with all your power didn't dare mess with Dumbledore. And this surprisingly does not make Tom happy at all. And he's like, oh, yeah, little kid, Dumbledore's gone because of my very memory. And the only thing Harry can think of to do is repeat what he's been telling himself since Dumbledore was taken from Hagrid's hut. So, I mean, we gave it a lot of shit and we kind of made fun of Harry for just repeating it over and over. But it's really good that he memorized it because he stands there and he goes, he's not as gone as you might think. And before Tom can say anything else, they hear an eerie but beautiful music through the chamber. (laughs) So creepy. And it's so overwhelming of a sound that they're both silently listening until a huge red bird appears in flames right it's Dumbledore's phoenix fox 
And he's holding a, what's described as a ragged bundle. (laughs) And he drops the bundle at Harry's feet and lands on Harry's shoulder. And Tom goes, that's a phoenix. (laughs) I love Tom sometimes. Listen, okay, Tom Riddle (laughs) at 16, he's like already working at Borgen and Brooks. He's already (laughs) doing shady shit. He already killed... Someone, I'm sure. Myrtle Elizabeth Warren. Myrtle Elizabeth Warren is dead. He dumbly tells Harry that Hagrid was raising werewolf cubs (laughs) under his bed. No. Secondly, forgets everything about phoenixes until he realizes (laughs) it's too late. Like... He just forget everything about phoenixes. Are we supposed to be impressed? Because he's really dumb as heck. He's so dumb. Well, and I see that with like villains a lot where they think in their heads that they are the smartest and that they know what's going on and they have this big master plan. But when it comes down to it, they didn't think of any details. Mm-hmm. None. It's the master plan. Not a single detail fleshed out. Yep. So he's like, oh, phoenix. <laughs> I could just imagine him being like, that's the coolest bird I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he looks and he goes, oh, my gosh, it's the old sorting hat. <laughs> like, he's so excited to see these old things from Hogwarts. He's like, yeah. I remember those from 50 years ago. And then Tom does his whole bully thing where he's like, I'm going to make fun of Harry for having a dumb weapon and a dumb protector. Oh, cool. Your guy sent you a bird and a hat. Cool. Sounds like he really likes you and wants you to survive. And Harry is like terrified, but he argues back anyway. Uh, Tom asks him how he beat him twice. And Harry's like, well, this guy has my wand and I really do only have a bird and a hat. So I will lose in a duel. But the longer Riddle stays alive, the sooner Ginny dies. So I better start this fight. So he tells him that no one knows why he lost his powers when he attacked Harry. But they do know why Harry didn't die. And it was because his mother sacrificed herself for him. And it cast a powerful spell that didn't kill him. His muggle-born mother. And by this time, Harry is so upset. And let's be honest, he's probably in shock at this point uh, that he is his whole body is just shaking like this poor little kid can't hold it together very much longer then he pulls out the big guns and he tells tom how ugly he is now (laughs) he's like you are so will you read to that part where he says you're like an ugly like shadow of who you used to be yeah he goes so my mother died to save me my common muggle-born mother she stopped you killing me and i've seen the real you i saw you last year you're a wreck you're barely alive that's where all your power got you you're in hiding you're ugly you're foul (laughs) just dropping burn after burn and riddle just kind of like takes him in he's like what Okay, well, you think I'm ugly? Guess what? You're exactly like me. You even look exactly like me. Who's ugly now, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's pretty much what happened, right? I, I, <laughs> yes, I approve this uh, summary. And then Tom's like, and guess what, ugly twin? Now I've got my boy Slytherin <laughs> with me, and I'm going to kill you. So... <laughs> He looks at the bird and the hat and rolls his eyes and he walks over to the Slytherin faced statue, the monkey statue, and starts talking to it in parcel tongue. He goes, 
speak to me, Slytherin, greatest of the Hogwarts four. Why do villains always have to talk so pretentiously? <laughs> like, And when he says that, the mouth of the statue <laughs> starts to open. But instead of opening like a normal mouth opens, it's just like a big, huge black hole. <laughs> well, yeah, I again, the movie greatly improved the statue where the jaw <laughs> really just... Did drops no no in this one it's just a great big huge mouth hole open like a pupil yeah it's gross and the grossest thing about it is that there's something slithering in the hole now from what i remember from four pages ago is that this statue was very tall it's from like the top of the chamber to the bottom of the chamber which is several stories high and in the mouth hole is the basilisk. The basilisk actually sleeps inside the intestine pipes <laughs> of the statue. So he, he gets lives- all curled up in there. And then when Tom Riddle's like, hey, I need you, he just vomits himself out the mouth. He did, you guys. He Does vomit- that mean he enters through the butthole? Absolutely. If he 100%. Exits through the mouth hole. There's no question in my mind the that the other also yes. dilates open for it to enter. It does. It's a gaping <laughs> butthole that the snake slithers into from Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. And only the snake knows how to get to the butthole. So the butthole gapes open. Man, I'm Henry Zabowski right now. <laughs> the butthole gapes wide open as big as it can be. The snake goes in and up. Just like all those guys who are putting like beer bottles up their butt and they have to go to the emergency room, but not Slytherin. He just mm, he just takes it like a man. <laughs> that snake goes all the way up through his intestines and it sits in like the tummy. Yeah. Right? And then when Tom Riddle goes... Speak to me, Slytherin, greatest of the Hogwarts four. <laughs> the hole of his mouth opens up as big as it can be. And the snake just bleh, like falls three stories down to the floor <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> what the heck is this book? Oh, it's great. <laughs> Did y'all ever think you were going to get this in-depth of a conversation about this? In-depth indeed. Indeed. So something huge and slithery is in the hole that's what she said and harry's like i know what that is so he backs up against the wall and he closes his eyes as tight as he can and fox just flies away so that's fun harry hears the basilisk flop out of the mouth hole (laughs) and then hears riddle say kill him so harry eyes closed runs just whatever we can. He runs to the side and the serpent is slithering. Riddle is laughing. There's a huge loud sound above Harry and suddenly Harry gets hit really hard. Um, And while he's waiting to become snake food, he hears like this really mad hissing and this wild thrashing. And so he just kind of like, like you do when you're watching a scary movie, you barely open your eyes and you kind of You put your hand in front of it so you don't have to really see it. And what he sees is that Fox didn't leave him. Instead, he's flying around the snake's head, poking its eyes out. Yes, it's so good. Uh, This all gets very action-y and confusing. And everybody knows I cannot read an action scene. So I'm going to, I'm just, I just plot pointed it. Okay, here's what happens. 
The snake's eyes have been poked out by Fox, so his main method of murder has been disabled. Boom. The snake is really mad about this. Boom. Riddle screams at the snake to keep attacking Harry. Leave the bird. Smell the kid. Kill him. Boom. Fox is circling around the snake's head, singing so loudly and pecking at the snake. So he's doing everything he can do to distract the snake from Harry. Uh, Harry has gotten to the point where he's just like, uh, huh, help anyone help. He's not even screaming it. He's just muttering <laughs> it. He's like, help anybody. Is there somebody who's going to help me help? Please help. <laughs> so the snake whips the hat into Harry. Like it's like its tail hits it. The hat flies into Harry. Harry grabs the hat. What else is he going to do? So he just like puts it on. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts begging for help again. He's like, please, please, please help me. And the hat doesn't answer out loud. But instead, it does this weird thing where it squishes Harry's head really hard and then almost literally knocks him out with something that is described as long and hard, hitting him on top of the head. What am I reading? <laughs> First of all, who put that there? <laughs> I got it right, though, right? Yes. I mean, I know it's an action scene, but I was like, I think this is what's happening. <laughs> like, who put that there indeed? It's like the hat is a chicken and it like lays the yes. sword. It lays the sword. It labored <laughs> it's cochlea. and plopped it out. <laughs> Just, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. So Harry is like, uh, okay, cool. I, I'm not going to pass out. It's fine. <laughs> he looks into the hat and he pulls out a huge sword. Riddle is still screaming his head off about smelling the boy. And Harry is feeling okay with this sword. So they have a blind snake slash small boy fight for a minute. And listen, all you need to know is that eventually the snake basically just opens its mouth and like falls onto Harry it's like I don't know what else to do I think I smell it there so I'm just gonna open mouth fall see this happens after it licks Harry (laughs) maybe that's how it knows Harry's there so it's like tongue out wiggle around (laughs) lick Harry okay now I know where he is open mouth fall on Harry. See, these action scenes are hard for me. I don't know how we're going to get through book five. (laughs) We're going to need a whiteboard, I think. (laughs) We'll label it all out. Yes, okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. So when he falls, when he open mouth falls onto Harry, it makes the sword, because Harry's just like holding the sword above his head (laughs) with both hands, it makes the sword jam all the way up through the roof of its mouth through the top of its head, killing it. Yay! But at the same time, one of the fangs pierces Harry's arm and breaks off in his arm. Boo. (laughs) Right? So while the snake is like dying on the chamber floor, Harry is just like, no, this is not okay. And he grabs the fang and pulls it out of his arm, which I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know you don't pull it out, right? You don't pull it out. Okay. So anyway, he does though. He pulls it out. It's a good thing too. It's fine. So he pulls the fang out of his arm and slowly but surely Harry is also dying. (laughs) And so he's laying there and he's like, well, I guess I'm dying. Fox, 
you are a very good boy. And Fox comes over to him and he lays his head on Harry's arm where it was pierced by the fang. So then Riddle uh, walks over and he starts uh, going on and on about Harry's going to die. And even the bird knows it. Look how it's crying. And Harry looks down and he's like, hey, it is crying. <laughs> and Riddle's like, I'm just going to sit here and watch you die. And while you're dying, I'm going to monologue about... How Harry didn't die before because he had his mom, blah, blah, blah. But now he's all alone in the chamber with no one but Voldemort to hang out with. And I have a question. Oh, we already talked about this. This is literally I had this question where I was like, what the F would have happened if this version of Voldemort would have been the one to survive? Like if he would have made it, there just would have been two creepy Voldemorts out there. Yeah. Taking over the world. Yeah. Together. <gasps> Do you think they would have fought to the death, though? Because they're both such, you know, they're the same guy. Yeah. Ego but like maniac. memory riddle like sees that that path is, like leads to him. He's like, I got to switch it up. But like other Voldemort's <laughs> like, no, remember <laughs> your path. Okay. My question though is okay. why, um, why oh why is Myrtle missing? I would have loved just the Myrtle commentary throughout this whole thing. <laughs> they did leave her in the bathroom like She idiots. could have come with. She should have come with. Think we established this hilarious. in the last episode uh, we did but we said she should have come reading through this i was like this could have been the <laughs> best scene if myrtle was she, like i can't believe you're the one who actually killed me i'm gonna haunt you now she's just standing behind tom riddle like hissing and moaning into his ear and he's like i can't concentrate on my monologue with you right there <laughs> so anyway while riddle is hanging out talking to himself harry's like hey you know i am actually feeling like so good right now i haven't felt this good all year basically he looks down at fox and he notices that his big ass bleeding gaping poisoned wound is gone completely gone and all that's left over are the pearly beautiful tears from the phoenix and also Riddle notices this. <laughs> so he's like, oh, no, I forgot about phoenixes. Go away, bird. Go away. <laughs> he like like a grandma. He's like, where's my broom? So I can swat that bird away. <laughs> and he points Harry's own wand at Fox and like, I don't know, shoots him or something. I don't really know what just happened. But there was a loud bang and Fox flew away. And Tom is like, crap, I can't believe I forgot about Phoenix Tears. Oh, well, I'll kill you myself. But then Fox chucks the diary at Harry. And Harry is like, yes. And just without even thinking at all, grabs the broken basilisk fang that was in his arm just five minutes ago and, quote, plunged it straight into the heart of the book, unquote. And I don't know where it came from. But there was a loud piercing scream. Is that the diary screaming? Is it Tom Riddle memory screaming? Is it Fox? I don't know, but it's a loud scream. Is it Harry? Could be. Who knows? He's a little bit dissociating right now. Um, I know. Definitely Riddle. Okay. He's writhing, twisting, screaming. Well, yeah. Playing. All those creepy, inky, evil, oily Tom Riddle thoughts poured out of the book onto the floor. Tom twisted and screamed and flailed around until he was gone. Just 
gone. Gone. That's it. So I think it cannot be overstated that this all was literally traumatic for Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying. (laughs) So now poor Harry. This just all happened to him. (laughs) He is alone in the chamber with a few things. First, there's the dead snake. Then there's the book covered in ink. Here he's got his wand back. He's got the hat. He's got a fox. She's some he's he's somewhere. And so he's like shaking. <laughs> his whole body shaking. Grabs his wand and the hat. And he walks over and he grabs the sword that is like still literally jammed into the snake's head. And he, this poor boy, has to pull, tug, yank the sword out of the snake's head. Pulls it out with a mighty pull, and then he hears Ginny from across the chamber. So he runs over to her, and he s- she sits up, and she just looks around. She takes in this awful scene and does exactly what I and probably most of you would do. She just breaks into sobs. She just starts bawling. She tells Harry that it was her all along and that she had tried to tell him, but she couldn't say it in front of Percy. Ahem, Percy Weasley. Thank you very much. And he stops her and he says, it's okay. Look, Riddle is gone. The basilisk is dead. Let's go. And she's like, I'm going to be expelled. (laughs) The only thing I've ever wanted was to come here, but now they'll kick me out and mom and dad will be so disappointed. But Fox is waiting for them. So they make their way down the hallway until they get to Ron, who has been diligently clearing rocks this whole time so that just in case they made it, his best friend and his little sister could get back to the castle. And Harry's like, I have Ginny and she's fine. And Ron does this cutest thing. He does a cheer. He does like a yay from behind his wall of rocks. And he calls out her name and he reaches out to her. And as they approach him, she, he just grabs Ginny and he hugs her and he pulls her through this hole that he's made so that they can... Um, go and she can get out first and he is so happy to see her and then we have the where did you get all this stuff question from Ron like because he's got the hat and the bird (laughs) and the diary and the sword sword. (laughs) and Harry's like I will tell you later because he doesn't want to talk about it in front of Ginny and now we learn that Lockhart has obliviated his brain into oblivion and maybe Ron abused him a little bit while <laughs> Harry was gone. But either way, he's not doing well at all. He's just like in a bu- in a, like a pile on the floor, not knowing what's happening. Also, there is the whole matter of getting back up the pipe and Ron has no idea, but guess who does? Fox. He flies in front. I keep always wanting to call Fox a she. I'm like, whoops. He flies over to the entry to the pipe and just like wiggles his tail feathers for the kids. And they're like, what? How how can this is not? And Harry's like, no, I know what to do. And so he grabs on and they make a human chain. And this cool sensation of like weightlessness comes over them. And Lockhart, who's like at the end of the chain, I think, is like, it's just like magic. Um. So they they fly back up all the way the pipe up to Myrtle Elizabeth Warren's bathroom where she is not impressed that they lived. 
And Harry's like, well, sorry to disappoint you. And she's like, no, no, no. I was just simply going to ask your ghost if you wanted to share my toilet for as long as we both shall not live. And Ron's like, well, okay. He makes this gross joke about Myrtle Elizabeth Warren liking Harry and Ginny having competition. And then he looks at Ginny and he's like, Oh, I'm really sorry I just made that joke because she's like <laughs> still sobbing her eyes out. Uh, she's crying her cry of a thousand cries and she is not in the mood for jokes, Ronald. But Fox is leading them. He's leading them to McGonagall's office. And when they get there, they knock and the door opens. Which um, I have a lot to say about the fact that all the adults are just hanging out in McGonagall's office, but that's for another episode. Yeah. So, oh, ooh, uh, if you could see my face, my my eyes are so slitted. Let's just say Dumbledore's been here probably uh, the whole time. He was there so, the whole time. <laughs> Well, 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 this we is for next episode. Talk about that. Uh, well, anyway, that's the chapter. Yep. Very disturbing. Uh, I used to think the Aragog chapter was the worst thing I've ever experienced. It's the statue butthole. It's this one. For sure. <laughs> the statue butthole. I am really sorry, you guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. I, I really don't. I uh, I think I outdid, we outdid ourselves a little bit. We've never gone that far. Let's take a look. That's what she said. Well, we all did learn important things today. I apologize um, about so much of that. But uh, you I get don't. what you get. Mm-hmm. And this is what you get when, mm. when we're here. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out. Uh, sure is. <laughs> Um, I would like to inform you all that we have one remaining chapter left of our second year at Hogwarts. And following that, we will do a recap. And at the time of the release-ish, we're going to do a watch-along of Chamber of Secrets on our Instagram account, which is at Remember Harry Potter Podcast. So come and give that a follow now so that when we do go live, you will get the uh, notification and you can come and join us it's a it's a um watch at the same time along uh so we will not be streaming the movie for you but you are welcome to watch it while you watch us hope you can make it yeah it'll be fun um we're gonna go and record our patreon only video episode in which i have an idea to talk about I'm I unapologetically love our Patronisodes. So come listen to it and watch it over there on the Patreon. And we love you and you guys are wonderful humans and thank you for being there for us and listening to us. And until we see you next time, let's create something magical together. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You've been remembering Harry Potter with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Harry Potter Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly 
bonus video, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at rememberharrypotterpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on Anchor or leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you.